and welcome to The Right Sweats, the best podcast by the worst writers. I'm joined today again by my co-hosts, Leah and Jesse. Hey, guys. Hi. What's going on? Not much. Not it's much. It's really Getting been a ready. thousand years. We back, baby, and the energy is palpable. You can hear <laughs> Jen over there is just chomping at the bit. That's very, <laughs> yep. That's what I do. Calm down, Jen. Take a <laughs> chill pill, as they say. So we back. We back. We back after a long... Like those dinosaurs. Absence. We back a dinosaur story. Yeah. Or, is that what it was called? Mm-hmm. A movie my brother and I rented all of the time. All I remember is that the bad guy is named Screw-Eye. He's got screws in his eyes. I just remember they have that cool parade. Do you remember that because it happened? I remember that because it's the front cover of the thing. No, there's like a cool parade sequence and they're singing a song and they're like climbing all over buildings in New York. I remember that, but my knowledge of that is mostly informed by the cover, you know, because you see it every time you're at the video store. Nope. How are you, Jen? We got our stuff out of the way. Doing pretty good. Um, prepping I for should have seen Jesse since we last recorded. Mm-hmm. Really? Been, yeah. <laughs> been keeping him in a cupboard under the stairs. Dog crate. <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> joke. I'm sorry. Go on, Jennifer. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm actually really excited that we're back doing this because it has been a while, and so happy to talk to you guys. It's like I, it's like you guys disappeared, and now it's like we're mm-hmm. home again, right? Yep, back in the water tower. Well, and that's the mm-hmm. the big twist. Is it's going to be a home again podcast now. <laughs> My favorite movie of 2017. Mm, I still think we should be a Game of Thrones podcast, but just only angry reacts, like angry reactions. Yeah, it, nobody's doing that, certainly. Is it angry reacts or is it just like belly laughs? I mean, they can be the same thing. That's a really beautiful experience. Um, hold that thought, though, Jen, because I went back through our Game of Thrones episode we recorded a couple months ago with my little brother. And I have our predictions, and we're going to see a little later in the show who was right, which was me, and who was wrong, which was you. So oh, we'll, we'll see more specifically. Great. Can't wait. Oh, <laughs> knife right in the gut. I guess Jen was right, but we'll get into it later. So we wanted to go back and kind of recap some of the loose ends that we left back in yes April, March. Not to get too ahead of ourselves, but we are back. Uh, as we were the first time in preparation of NaNo, the national, is it national? Yeah, National Novel Writing Month, even though it's an international novel. Yeah. yeah. E-NaNo Remo sounds a little weird, I guess. But <laughs> I guess it would just be e E-NaNo Remo, yeah. E-NaNo Remo. I'm going to petition to change it. We're going to start our own thing. But we're back because that's coming up in November, not October. and Which, to be fair... Jesse has been so excited to get back into the podcast and into nano mode. He was doing preptober planning in August. So like, well, next month we're going to have to do all of our planning episodes. And then the month after that, we're going to record. Uh, so he's been, you talk about chomping at the bit. He's been ready to go. Yeah, I forgot. Well, no, I didn't have to do that. I forgot that the month of September existed. <laughs> if you look at my notes, it says August, October, October. November. Yeah. So. How can you forget September? That's the month I was born. The most important 9/11. month. 9-11. Oh, my God. No. It's your your favorite day happens in September. 9-11. Oh, my Frasier God. Crane Day. You guys and are about to get your shit canceled. Frasier Crane Day. 
Okay, you're right. That That's is. canon. And you guys know that you live in Seattle. What did you do for Fraser Crane Day today? Uh, you know what? They definitely no longer celebrate that. I'm pretty they close sure. Close the city. They do the buses run on Fraser Crane Day? Only the buses run. No cars. <laughs> um, but it's we'll September get September 21st. September 21st. That's not Jen's birthday. Mm. No, it's the 21st of September. I know. I remember. Um, and then it was Jennifer's birthday. But anyways, beyond that bullshit, um, what were we talking about? Oh, yes. Yeah, so we're back to do to do <laughs> nano stuff. But before nano stuff... We're just going to talk about how we're back for another hour. Today we're going to talk about how we're back, pick up some loose ends, our March Madness recap, our Game of Thrones recap, a couple other things, and then kind of talk about the future of the oh. Right Sweats podcast. Sick. I'm pretty sure talking about March Madness is... I, that just feels so funny. It's literally going to be October when this episode's out. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it, guys. So we actually wrapped up the March Mountains of Madness, at their bracket. We got through the bracket, all crazy number of rounds we created for this thing. Yeah. But the loose end we have is we actually sent out some congratulation cards to our winner, the Lord of the Rings. Yes. So we sent three cards. One to uh, the estate of of uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Yes. Two. One, two, New Line Cinema. Good job, boys. And C, one, two, uh, Peter Jackson, old PJ. And Leah, how many responses did we get? Big, fat, zero. Zero. Nobody responded. We didn't even get a signed headshot of Golem. Aww. We got nothing. I was really hoping for at least like a little like thumbs up emoji through the mail. That would be good. Like the one that you send on Facebook Messenger when you're just clicking send real fast and then you see the really <laughs> passive aggressive thumbs up. And it grows, yeah. Yeah. And you just you live in your shame for that moment. Or a squishy one from like the emoji movie they said laying around. Yeah. That would be cool. That's my favorite. Did New movie. Line do the emoji movie? No, but I don't think New Line really exists and now that Disney owns all of it, they all everything is around. Maybe we should have sent Amazon the card. Because they're all like in that Lord of the Rings mode right now. Yeah, what is happening with that? It's happening. So how do we feel about Lord of the Rings winning? What did it win up against? Oof. Um, Pause. Let's was it, pull up. Wasn't it Wizard of Oz? It wasn't anything good, I remember. <laughs> because this was a fucked bracket. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, it was against 2001? No. No. It. Hold on. It's having scrolling issues. You have to scroll over. I, oh, I see what you're doing. This is fun. Um, that's why I said pause for a It wasn't Harry Potter, because that lost round. There we go. Okay, come on. Was it Clueless? No, Pride and Prejudice. Oh, that's because Jen sandbagged it, though. That was never going <laughs> to win. <laughs> so, play. The Lord of the Rings was matched up against Pride and Prejudice. Uh, Leah's acting like we cut that out. Um, <laughs> we could if we wanted to. Uh, how do you feel about that, Jen? Your your underdog lost. Stay you know, under. I'm I'm content with Lord of the Rings winning. It's it deserved it. I just was being contrary. Do we still think that's the best adaption ever of a movie? Oof. I mean, it, it's up there though. It really. Did we even think that at the time? Yeah, you guys kept saying it. You kept saying there's no better movie, movie adaptation, book, or a media property. 
I feel like it definitely. <laughs> wow, we were really going for it. It goes really talking absolutes. <laughs> I mean, I definitely <laughs> think it set a standard. Yes. For what? For um, what a good thing looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and what what movie has learned from that? Has tried to do that? That has succeeded since then. <laughs> uh, Mortal Instruments. <laughs> Mortal Mortal Engines. <laughs> Mortal Engines. <laughs> I agree with Definitely Jen. Definitely not Mortal <laughs> Instruments. I agree, so that means Lord of the Rings does win. I watched Alita today, Jen. Have you seen that one? I haven't. I can't get over the anime eyes, but I really want to. Like, it's real in the Mortal Engine like zone. The world building and like story looks really cool. I just can't get over the eyes. You I'm sure s- I'll get engrossed and won't notice it. but You get settled in really fast. Like Truly, it's like five minutes, ten minutes of her on screen, and you kind of get used to it. I... I'm going to stand by my Lord of the Rings statement. I think that for an epic to translate that well so long ago and then to keep, to endure in quality as long as it had, when there have been so many attempts to do the quote unquote, the same thing that have failed, mm-hmm. if it wasn't as good as it as it is, then something else would have done it better. Well, so before, when we get to Game of Thrones and we talk about my theory about, I think Game of Thrones has always been bad. And it's been so obviously bad now, it's kind of hard to not then go back and be like, oh, it was bad because it kind of it, it didn't hit the landing so much. It pulls out what was wrong with the rest of it. Does The Hobbit not do that to Lord of the Rings? No. I think when you separate the production as much as The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit were separated, uh-huh. you're making two different things at that point. With TV shows, there's never going to be like one consistent filming set that happens. They're always going to, especially for seven years, they're going to break it up like they can. But there was always a intention that it feel like one cohesive story. There was not an intention that the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit felt like one cohesive story. Or the when the Lord of the Rings was made, it was not intended for the Hobbit to happen. So whether or not The Hobbit tried to go back and then add itself into The Lord of the Rings and not work, that's fine. But The Lord of the Rings was never, as a movie, was never meant to have The Hobbit. And remember this when you're talking down the prequels, because you could apply that same logic to it and then like the prequels and 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 not bring all the baggage of the prequels to everything, the Star Wars prequels. I don't bring the baggage of the Star Wars prequels to everything. If you are wondering if there's a, a pod racing scene, essentially, in Alita, there is too, yes. <laughs> it wasn't. It's real good. So no, everyone that check that racing? out. Alita, the best movie adaption of March, right? We said no. We said no comic books. I have no desire to see Alita. I didn't think we needed another anime adaptation that kind of seem to miss the point about identity politics. You can't say that if you don't watch them, though. You don't know what it did or didn't do. <laughs> I think there are... I think from the trailer, you can gather a lot. I don't not, have the drive to go see every single movie like you do. And it's not so. Ghost in the Shell, where it's a white person playing a, a Japanese character. It's a pan-Asian future... pan. Pan American future person playing a Pan American future person because there's not a descript race on any of them because it's 2600, you know? know. Doesn't matter. Well, uh, regardless of what you think of Alita, everyone around her is still played by white people. Christoph Waltz is a white guy. He's the one that gets the pass that they can do whatever he wants to do. Oh, Alita. 
I can't do it. <laughs> I always think I have a Christoph Waltz in me, and I don't. A little Christoph Waltz? A little Christoph. Uh, I still think the March Mountains of Venice was bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we had we had to pick one way or the other. Are we going to go, oh, we want genre films that are adaptations and this and that and big epic ones and ones that were important culturally and ones that were important this and that and this and that and either do that or do oh do we want straight up adaptations that may have not been popular that we may not be aware of that we're going to now sort of you know maybe movies that aren't a hard genre film which i don't mind but there was a bit of a mixture of the the couple and there were some that were overlooked i would have liked the ice storm to be in there but that's not going to win compared to Wizard of Oz, as it shouldn't, you know. So it's it's kind of hard when things are a little a little weird like that. But if we did it again, that would remedy it as well, because then we just have other ones in there and just keeps going. So it doesn't really matter. Well, if we take it out of March and get rid of the bracket, maybe you get a little bit of what you want, rather than necessarily pitting these movies against each other, which in a lot of cases had nothing to do with each other. Well, also, I think I've been into a lot of... Uh, bef- um, the big bracket that we had that worked, but doing that behind the scenes a little bit and just going fast because we kind of had a lot to, to talk about there. I had a, a great idea for that that never panned out. So maybe I'll save that for if we ever do it again. Yeah. 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 yeah just put that in your pocket. Yep. So Jen, um, should we do that now? Or should we do that for game of Thrones? We need a vape update. <laughs> vape update is that I have not been vaping. That's actually the truth. At all? I really haven't. Yeah, not at all. Um, Is that because of the the kids that died? I actually started to vape less before that. Then I heard about that and I was like, you know, I'm on the right track. I'll just stop. You switched back to cigarettes after that? (laughs) No, I never smoked cigarettes. That's the (laughs) most disgusting and alarming part. You started cigarettes? (laughs) (laughs) Just gone straight to like mainline. Um, menthol, menthol, just straight menthol. Wow. Yep. It's amazing. Yawn. <laughs> Snooze. <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. Oh. I'm, I'm back on board. It's like a pack of dentine. <laughs> it really is. It's like, it's like vaping gum. It's awesome. <laughs> Speaking of icy winter. What? Well, I, I want to know if she's got any rig updates lately. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, when we were practicing recording earlier, it was the first time I vaped in a while, um, just to give you guys the sound. <laughs> so, uh, same rig as before. Yeah. Cool. Did you learn yeah. any new tricks? Um, how to quit. And that's the yeah. best trick of them all. <laughs> do you have to wear a, um, do you have to eat batteries? Kind of like nicotine gum instead of nicotine gum, it's batteries. Um, no, Jesse, sorry. Instead of the patch, do you have a circuit board on you somewhere? I like where you're going. I'm definitely in favor of becoming a weird cyborg creature, but not for vaping. Vape cyborg. Oh, man, that is such a good idea for like a video. I had to walk away. (laughs) (laughs) It was too much for me. So you were segueing us, Leah? I was segueing us so well. So we're going to go to fucking Game of Thrones now because Jesse... Steamrolled my segue by being funny. Yeah. Your segue was very funny. Do it again. Speaking of winter. <laughs> uh, fat clouds. <laughs> Speaking, Speaking of. Speaking of eating batteries. <laughs> Speaking 
um, withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, you know what though? For real. Is it withdrawal symptoms if you feel good afterwards? <laughs> that's how Jen feels. So yes. Yeah, that's true. All right. So just like Jen quit vaping, we've all quit Game of Thrones. Not because we wanted to, but because we had to. We wanted to. I wanted to. <laughs> you wanted to from day one. So, Jesse, what were our predictions? So, as we know, Jennifer, can you recap us actually what the end of Game of Thrones was? Like, who who ultimately was on the Game of the Thrones? Who won the game? All right, y'all. So... Spoilers if you... Oh, fuck. I just remembered. I was going to ask you if you could tell me. (laughs) You forgot? Picture of you in that moment. You look so angry. I was trying to, like, really figure it out. So I gave it to you. And then I remembered as you were saying that. But anyways, Jen, you tell It's it's Brand the Broken. (laughs) Obviously. We all saw it coming. I fucking love that meme about, you know, Tyrion saying, like, Bran the Broken and then just going down, you know, he's like, oh, just Bran is fine. It goes down and calls him, like, fucking, like, what what was it? Oh, the first thing he's like is, like, his dick don't work. Yeah, his dick don't work. Dick don't work, Bran. What was the freaking wheelie wheelie legs no feely? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that one. Um, this was so I'd bad. be more okay with it had that happened. <laughs> I mean, we all thought that Bran would come out on top, but I don't think anyone ever entertained the idea that Bran would sit on the Iron Throne. Or the lack of Iron Throne. So Bran becomes I mean, the king. I truly thought he would become some weird mystical being in a tree. Like, what the fuck is he doing bothering with, like, petty human politics? Yeah. He's not. He's literally just sitting there. Yeah. Is it an incel thing? I, I mean, I don't know. The one guy who's fit to rule he's, can't have He's children. technically involuntarily celibate. Is he involuntarily celibate? Yes, because he got pushed out of a window. Or we're supposed to assume because Tyrion said so that his dick don't work. You don't need to have a dick to have sexual intimacy. Don't tell me. Tell Tyrion. <laughs> that was just an idea. <laughs> I'll read you some fanfic. Bran fucks. Well, Bran's in Joker, isn't he? The character? Don't get it. In the movie Joker, which is also about an incel. The Joker. The jokester. Have you seen that yet? I thought it wasn't out. It's not out yet. We all know, though. I mean, it's not It's like definitely it's... about an incel, for sure. They say it is. Yeah. Next week will be the Joker app, because... Oh, next week. Yeah. We'll all be dead. <laughs> oh, fuck. Because we enjoyed it so much. Oh, my God. Hate you. Anyways, Bran becomes the king. Sansa becomes the queen of the north. Uh, that I dug. That that was cool. They kill a child. Yeah. Um. What else happens? Uh, Clegane John- and it's really stupid. John goes back to the wall because he doesn't know how to talk to people after killing his girlfriend slash aunt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has his dog with him, so that's pretty rad. He's that terrible. was cool. Yeah, that like, was no. Good. That was just making up for how shitty he was to be like, "Bye, bitch." I know, but still, one of the dogs he didn't had even to hug his dog goodbye. I know it's because they weren't in the same place. <laughs> Did you ever see? That's why they wrote that in there because yeah. it was really hard to ship the dog actors, and so they had to just write them out. So if you, that's why they don't. He doesn't interact with it. Yeah, because he's not even on the same continent as the dog. 
that just because that's why. Well, yeah, they could have had a Jon Snow body double from behind hug it. Yeah. 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 They could have had like Andy Circus in the little green suit pretending to be a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Harrington could probably hug his dog. They could have used, well, they could have done ultimately. They could have gotten to cats, use some of that uh, digital fur technology. technology, make one of the people look like the dog and he could hug the, per- the person. That's what I just said. Other way around. My idea turned person into dog. Your idea turned dog into person. No, my idea was talking to... <laughs> my idea was also Jennifer Hudson does it. At any rate, this was the best ending to every to any series ever. Was it? Yeah. Can't be argued. Even better than Breaking Bad, your favorite show? The show I've never watched. How does it rank in disappointment factor to one of your actual favorite shows? With a very controversial ending, Lost. Oh yeah, um, I'd Lost say Lost was, better because Lost does less, which was the irritating thing about it. It leaves a lot of room for not really knowing what's happening, not really knowing how the the characters end, which pisses people mm-hmm. off. But Game of Thrones like had to explain everything. Yeah, and yeah. didn't really want to explain everything. Kind of half-assed all of it. So yeah, there's some characters that I could I cannot remember what happened to them. Yeah. Well, they didn't want to pull the trigger killing anybody. How do you feel about Arya uh, becoming an adventurer, explorer? I don't care. That's what she did like when she left for Bravos. The same See, as- I was kind of in favor of it, too. I liked it. I thought it was a good arc for her. But people seemed really upset about that specifically as well. And I just thought it suits her. I don't know. Well, I think the idea and the thing I was not irritated about, but when I read it, I was like, that is irritating. She kind of uses the same language as like the conquerors of the 1600s and the 1500s is going to go see what's out there and discover savage worlds and this and that. And it just, she could have just said, I want to see what's out there and and explore it. But instead she takes a whole ship and a crew to go, I don't know, you know, build trade lines or something. Well, and I, I look at it kind of from two perspectives. One, this is what Arya has been doing all along. I don't think there needed to be a moment in the show when we released her from her, you know, royal or sisterly obligation she's been independent for so long well she had two endings everyone had one ending she had two her story should have ended after she killed the the night king King. right that's what everything was building to and that's the thing is so they they fumbled the ball on her dealing with any of the rest of her list which if she wasn't going to kill them if she decided that that wasn't what was going to bring her peace they never talked about that. They never had her have a moment. She just never got to it. Oh, and then I saw that white happened. Oh, that was the David Lynch cameo. Just the white horse. Oh, okay. Um but then other aside from that, you know, she didn't it wasn't something I think that needed to be announced. It wasn't it didn't make also, just put her... It didn't move anything forward. It was stating what was already there. If she's a cowboy, which is essentially the idea, just have her right into the sunset. Don't explain it. Right. You know, we would have gotten the same thing without the sort of like weird stuff. Just show her on a boat waving to her family. Who cares? Right. Well, then the other thing that I kind of compare it to is a show that neither of you guys have seen is there was a point in Vikings where one of the characters who was really into shipbuilding kind of decides that to like fuck it with what's happening with Kattegat and build a ship and sail away. And that's him discovering Iceland. But it was him building his own boat, him sailing by himself, and it was like a, a very like personal religious experience. And mm-hmm. then obviously when you 
discover Iceland, there's no one living in Iceland. You know, so it was very much a dream logic spiritual kind of thing. And yeah. there was nothing deep about what Ari was deciding to do. There was nothing. Bjork was there. She's like an ancient uh, god, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just I felt like it was not handled in a way that <clears throat> fit with the story they were telling of Arya. They, it didn't move forward. It just sort of stated what had been stated six seasons ago. And then it didn't yeah. even do that in a way that was interesting. Well, her killing the White Walker, I thought, was lame, too, because it was essentially a deuce ex machina, you know. Then they go, oh, no, she's been training this for the whole time. And it's like, yeah, but the moment he shows up, because he shows up in wherever, Starkville, and then she just comes out of nowhere while he's surrounded by troops and just kills the guy? Well, that... Who cares? But that, that also goes happened. to the list of, like, things that characters can do that don't fucking matter. Like, when did the face changing thing ever come that, into play for that? That broke everything for me, yeah. I mean, yeah, it breaks everything, but if she's able to infiltrate the White Walkers and pretend to be a White Walker to stab him... yeah. That's one thing, but she doesn't even use her skills. This is like getting to the final boss and deciding to just smash, like, auto-shoot. Yeah. That whole episode was whack, though, too. That whole battle for Starkville. All the Starks in Starkville? Well, it was too dark. It was very it. dark. Anyway, Jen, how did you feel about Arya's story arc? Um, For me, with, like, the White Walker, the Night King, I'm totally down for Arya to be the one to kill him. I think that's, you know, cool direction to go. I think they just did not at all earn that or portray it in a way that was believable at all. At least make it a fight, you know? Yeah, I mean, they really could have done that. They could have made it, like, her get the final kill because she really is, like, stealthy and, like, good at hiding. Like, they could have made that work. But it couldn't have just been she floats out of midair. Like, no, nonsense. Well, and the thing is, it was an exciting shot. You know, when we were watching mm-hmm. it as it was happening, that was an exciting thing we didn't expect. Well, and the stuff they had been doing with her in the episode previous with her, like, sneaking around the library and, like, hiding from the zombies. Like, they were doing something cool with that. That was the same mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. I said earlier that episode. Oh, earlier. Yeah. They said earlier episode, sorry. No, so yeah. they, were, they were doing something cool with her, and I didn't expect it to be that. But you're right. I don't think they fully earned it. No, yeah, that was like their attempt at earning it, and I don't think it worked. And so it's like kind of, I guess, a lesson in writing, like where it went wrong, you know, like why didn't that work as well as it should have, or, you know. Yeah, but I don't, I think if you tie it back to writing, I don't think you can pinpoint in one episode where they didn't earn that. <laughs> I think you gotta oh, go back a lot farther. Well, yeah, there's quite a lot of like, you know, missed connections, in my opinion. Only- <laughs> well, and that's the thing too. The, they spend so many seasons, right, with just a couple people trying to get to one place, and then all of a sudden, the last season, they all have fast travel, and they're just back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth, and it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, it really makes sense. I mean, did you run back and forth, back and forth, back and forth once you got to a certain level in Skyrim? Yeah. <laughs> what is this if not Skyrim the movie? Yeah. Oh no, I mean. It wasn't as interesting as a Skyrim movie would be. And a Skyrim movie would not be very interesting. Just men yelling at dragons. Also, that wasn't fun. Brienne of Tarth becoming a knight. Coolest shit ever. Her crying cool. over Jamie, The worst. Yeah. Oh my god. Justice for fucking Brienne. Seriously. That's another one that got two endings. Not Brienne of Tarth, but Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, one good ending, one bad one. 
Yeah, they kind of just shit the bed with all of the um, what's her name stuff. The the Cersei stuff. Cersei stuff. Yeah. On the other hand, mad props to Lita Hetty for getting paid so much fucking money to stand in front of a green screen. I she, know. Seriously, she looked badass. She did what she could, but man, did they give her nothing to work with? Yeah. So our our um our predictions. So Jimmy said it was going to be Daenerys and Tyrion, but then Tyrion was going to get diabetes from some hot Cheetos that Gendry uh, fed him. That Gendry made and fed him. Did that happen? A little bit. <laughs> I mean, Gendry was knighted, right? He became a lord. He's got yeah. a good ending at the end of it. Him and, and I think um I really like what's his name? Alfie Allen's ending too. Yeah. I thought that actor also was an actor that like you could see him actually grow as an actor and he was better at the end than he was at the beginning, which a lot of those guys weren't. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And Dinklage is phoning it in at the end of that. Series, well, yeah. I mean, Dinklage is also doing all of the acting because well, he's the D- only yeah. one that gets lines. Dinklage phoning it in is still better than most actors. Yeah. But. So yeah, so he thought it was going to be Daenerys and Tyrion, but Tyrion would get diabetes from Hachitas. Um, my guess was Sean Bean. <laughs> I had a theory that Bran was going to use his his tri- his triple triple crow stuff to change time and have him not fall out the window, which means his dad doesn't die. Blah blah blah. Who cares? I thought the show was that dumb, and my that that ending is more exciting than the actual ending. So I think so. I also said Sansa was going to be the Queen of the North. <laughs> he did. He actually said we went back and listened to the episode like an hour ago, and he said that. The North was going to remain separate from the Six Kingdoms, so it would be the Six Kingdoms in the North, and Sansa would be Queen in the North. So, yeah, my idea though is, I think I thought it was going to split the Seven; we're all going to become separate kingdoms. So I was still not quite right, but uh, Leah said that um, John and Daenerys won't last, and that Sansa was going to be the on the the Iron Throne. So I got half right. Yeah. And Jen, do you remember your guess? So I'm pretty sure my guess was that Daenerys would be queen um, and that, you know, it would be either her or Jon, but not both. They couldn't both be on the throne. And I also remember supporting Sansa, but I don't know if I said that or if I just felt it. So I don't know. So I, uh, your exact words, Jen, were my ideal would be Daenerys. It would be. And then after that, you said Yas Queen. <laughs> I doubt that I said that. You did? Jimmy was there. He'll back it up. She said, you said, my ideal would be Daenerys, and that's the T. And then he took Sounds a big Sounds just seat. like me. No, you said your ideal would be da- Daenerys. You said John would be dead at the end, and you thought there was going to be another dragon egg inside of Starkville. Oh, yeah, that would have been sick. Oh, I'm yeah. sad that that didn't happen. You know? They kind of didn't really explain that, because... Also, the whole thing is like, well, right, only Targaryens can ride dragons, and so then John's riding a dragon. But they really, like, didn't explain that to us. No, that's kind of just, like, hardcore fan, like, awareness stuff. But there was also three eggs in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, and there's three siblings. There's there's Daenerys, (laughs) uh, the other Joffrey, and, and John. Yeah. The other Joffrey. Um, they, they, but Daenerys also like, had another brother. She had two brothers, not just one. 
and they were dead by the time the show started. Yeah. In, in addition to the one that looks like PewDiePie? Yeah. <laughs> so there was <laughs> PewDiePie and... Jen, Jen, do you watch The Masked Singer? Um, I do not. But oh my god, you need to I'm watch aware that Ninja singer. sang on it, if that's what you're going to bring up to no, me. No, Ninja got kicked off. But that's not a celebrity. That's a celebrity. The show had to go through a lot of like stretches to to explain to the viewer why we even should care. It had more than other people at the bottom when it got revealed who he was. It said like, oh, he does this and then this. And then there was a second title card in there that's like, oh, he also has this many fans that made this much money with it. I'm like, I get it. I to get be it. fair, they do that much explaining to tell you why Jenny McCarthy is there. I, I know. At least Jenny McCarthy is I don't know, married to a Wahlberg. You just have to accept that internet celebrities are here and they're going nowhere. Well, they're going away, but then they'll be replaced by other net and other internet celebrities. I don't have to like them, though. <laughs> no, you, you don't, don't have to like regular celebrities. No. Well, in that thing, it was uh, they revealed it was Johnny Weir and then Ninja, and you're like, yeah, the one motherfucker has like Olympic medals, and the other kid plays Fortnite, which isn't even a good game. Like, it's hard to say those two people are on equal footing, you know? Well, that was ask like- Jimmy if he's heard of Ninja. Well, yeah. He has. He brings him up in that last episode. He listened to it. Yeah. He brings up Johnny Weir, to be fair, as well. <laughs> he brings up Tara Lipitsky. It's a little different, but they're one of the same at this point. Um, I'm also pretty sure that when you look at the caliber of celebrities from last season, you know, you've got your Gladys Knights, but then you've got your... Who was the first one? Uh, some sporto guy. Was it Antonio Brown? I don't remember. I think, I don't remember. Terry Bradshaw. That's a celebrity. No, Terry Bradshaw's a celebrity. Well, that's the thing, is my, my, it's a lot of C-level. Okay, Gladys Knight and Rumor Willis. Was Rumor Willis on it? Yeah. Or Ricky Lake? And Rumor Willis. Rumor Willis wasn't there, was she? Because it was, it was Tori, Tori Spelling. Ribbing. <laughs> right, it was Rumor Willis. She's like a real actress, isn't she? Yes, but she's definitely not of the same caliber as Gladys Knight. She's definitely like uh, Billy Joel's daughter, too, where it's like she got her mom's acting in her dad's forehead. <laughs> Damn job. <laughs> like, sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm sure you're all very nice, but. <laughs> it's not like Willow Smith, who has Will Smith's face, but looks gorgeous with Will Smith's face. Will Smith looks gorgeous with Will Smith's face. He yeah, really, really does. Do you guys follow him on Instagram? No. Why? What's he, up? He mainly does face swaps now with people in his family, but like his team that does them because he apparently he hires like writers and comedians and uh, marketing gurus to to run his social media stuff, and they essentially make like deep fakes where it's his face on his family members' bodies with the family member's voice coming out of it, but they're all like very well done where you kind of can't see the seams. Like it's not just his face put over theirs on like a Snapchat filter. It's like somebody with a computer took a couple of days to do it. You know? Wow. That's very funny. Usually it's him. Usually it's him and his wife swapping faces and it's very funny. (laughs) He's done. I think he's done well before. I might have to start following. He's pretty funny. We got Gemini man two weeks. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, so I was right. I was the only one that was. I guess Jen was right. Yeah, I mean, I was right. She was on the throne. Um, you know. So. No, she never sat on the throne. Yeah, she did. 
And then she got killed like instantly, right? No. Oh, I thought she had sat down. She touched it. She fired in that thing at least once. I mean, she was on the metaphorical throne, you know? (laughs) (laughs) The the, the Game of Thrones was the friends we made along the way. Basically. Jeez. The friends we fucking killed along the way. Anyway. Well, nobody dies. You remember they had the big the fight for, for Starkville and everyone were like, oh, everyone's going to die. We're going to be left with it four characters. It was C-tier. Characters. Yeah. And nobody died. The little See, girl now, died. That's where I think they went really, really wrong. It's not yeah. just outright being like, you know what? Fucking see you, Sansa. Like, not that I want her to die, but they need to be yeah. like killing people I'm deeply invested in. So that I feel like emotionally torn the fuck up. Yeah. Well, and I think that there are some, like if Clegane Bowl hadn't happened because the Hound has some moment where he he truly, you know, professes his love and respect for Sansa and dies protecting her. Mm. If that was the reason Clegane Bowl never happened, I can see that because that means the character had grown from season one where everything he was yeah. to kill his brother and now he has other reasons to live. Yeah. If Jamie and Cersei had a bad ending because of one of them dying at the hands of someone else, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need that, like, nice closure that they tried to give everybody. You know, there's a little part of me that is even okay with uh, Jamie deciding that this, like, brief moment of happiness that he could have with Brienne is never going to be enough, and he has to go chase the dragon of his sister's vagina some more. Mm -hmm. But then the payoff for that isn't there. Yeah. So, like, if something truly had happened... I'm okay with people dying, but they, they killed off characters that didn't matter. Mm. And they then just sort of threw the other ones to the side so that we could get a really expensive shot of the dragon melting the throne for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm really pissed off about that fucking hot topic pirate dude. Like, can we just fucking please? Oh like, yeah. Just someone needed to stop them and just alert them. How fucking horrible. Yeah, the Captain Hook from Once Upon a Time started fucking Cersei, you remember? Oh, he they like, don't look anything alike. They're the same dumb character. Oh. He was like, he was killing Don't talk to me about Bone Town like that. He is a very. <laughs> Captain Hook from Once Upon a Time is a special man. He's a gem, Jesse. He is good. Yeah, he keeps some lame parts of that season, that show going well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Truly, like the show, it's still on, isn't it? I don't think it is anymore. Oh. But I think well, they was... have new rebooted types of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so just kind of bring it back into our general theme here. Does this sort of misfiring, this sort of messed, botched landing of Game of Thrones excite you or damper your excitement for the book if that ever does come out? Oh, it makes me way more excited because I want to know how it ends good. I don't. I mean, that's the thing, and I don't think it's going to end good. Can it? I don't though? think it is. One I, of those things that's just too big that there's nothing that's ever going to be satisfying. And I think that's what the show showed me is there was really, you know, no matter which way we played it, even when we were sitting at the table talking about what we all personally thought it was going to be, all of them sounded bad to me. Yeah, it felt like we got to a point with it that it was never going to be good. And I can't pinpoint in the books where that happened, but I really do worry that it's going to be the same. Yeah. Well, I know that there were bullet points that they were following, but there were certainly ones that they neglected. So when, and George R. R. Martin's under no obligation to stick to those bullet points either. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't think he's the one who chose Arya for the Night King, for example. Although he could probably pull that off in, you know, a 600-page book far better than, you know, a six-episode season. Well, it would be 550 pages of her eating the chicken bone that she bites down into a knife and then using that in the last 50 pages to stab him. (laughs) The rat bone. The rat bone. Are you referring to Eyes of Gorgon or whatever that was? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, I guess that's where that came from. Um, yeah, I don't know. I no, I, I read the first book, so I don't really care. It's not really my thing. I don't, And I don't like endings. Endings are never really all that good. Maybe but that's why are, he but... hasn't published it yet. It's because he's aware that there's no way to satisfy a horde of fans this large and this opinionated. And so he's waiting for his deathbed to announce all the novels he has completed. That could be it. Yeah. I mean... There's also a little bit of the Wheel of Time where the last big fantasy long-lasting series had to be finished by someone else. Even Tolkien, there have at this point been more books written by his son than he wrote. Yeah, but but the only other author with the level of popularity right now as George R. R. Martin would have been J.K. Rowling, and she stuck that landing. It, I mean, a good Harry Potter ending is still... Not great, but it was still good within the sort of the world of of Harry Potter. And I think that's the thing I'm excited for with the end of Game of Thrones, because I very vividly remember going at midnight to get the last Harry Potter book with all of my friends. And we had just graduated high school and we were really going to have to be adults now that Harry Potter was over Mm -hmm. because high school meant nothing. But Harry Potter was everything. So I think I'm really excited to see a moment and hopefully the show fatigue hasn't affected this but where pop culture collectively is excited about a book release. I think I'm excited for that moment to potentially happen again. And to have friends that release. Yeah, to friends like who go at midnight to buy it and are like racing each other to finish it and then talking about it for the next week. I think I'm excited for that to happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why when they were popular, I was reading all the Twilight books because I was not the target demographic for Twilight, but that energy and that community around a book was fun. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, I love that energy. And unlike Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, there's not a clear end of the story. Obstensibly, the end of the story is somebody gets on the throne, but that's not really an ending. It's not throwing a ring in or killing Voldemort. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe the book will be able to explore better than the TV show how it's not really an ending. It's a lot messier than that. And then these characters still have lives after a new person takes the throne regardless of their story ending. And they still have to deal with all the stuff that happened in the previous, the previous books, which the show didn't really, wasn't really able to do, which shows aren't really able to do. If there was two more episodes after Daenerys gets killed, then maybe they could have done that, but you can't hold anyone's attention for that much longer. Right. So maybe the book will be able to do that a little bit better. just because it's got that, that breathing room a little bit. And it's, it's told it's probably, it's still told in different different perspectives from each different chapter, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think that might help as well. Like, if we can have a Cersei chapter to explain why she's just standing there. Well, then everyone would get an ending, and it would be a proper ending, because it would just be them. Right. I bet you the Golden Company would actually have elephants. Yeah. I bet you it's going to be 2,200 pages long. I mean, it's going to be gigantic. Yeah. And I'm okay. I think I'm also okay... In some ways, if it says, if, you know, if it's not that long, if there is a little bit of it that gets skipped because 
collectively, we know what the Battle of Winterfell looked like. So if we just get the aftermath of it. Well, that's the weird part, too, is, is how is George R. R. Martin's book going to work? Because the end of Harry Potter was still, I don't think that J.K. Rowling is this smart or this stupid where she could totally divorce herself from the movie. So she's still writing the book with a movie in mind. Maybe not actively, but it's still there a little bit, you know. And so he's not writing this with a with a TV show in mind anymore. So it might be a little bit different too, because now he doesn't have to think about that. And I don't think he was thinking about that, but it's hard to not let that bleed in. I imagine, right? Um, so he might might not have the constrictions or the issues that the TV show did because he's not writing for TV anymore. Yeah. Well, and he used to write for TV as well, so that definitely could be a a thing that's affecting how he perceives it. You know? Yeah. And I imagine it's probably tough too because he wrote the books; they were successful, but they were never like they're successful amongst the community, right? Yeah, as far as I know, and successful. They were really stuff. successful with like the, the science fiction and fantasy um, community, yeah. Yeah, but it's not the crossover appeal that there is now, so there might be yeah. added pressure for that too. I imagine that gets to you a little bit. Well, there's also the the whole Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood thing where. You know, they released Full Metal Alchemist as they were releasing the manga. Yeah. There was a point where they naturally had to split because one was outpacing the other. And then once the manga was finished, they went back and made Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which redid the whole thing according to the manga. Yeah. So maybe he does still have to write this in his head for television because if he writes something that's very different from what was shown on HBO, Who's to say that there's not going to be a cry in five years? See, like, let's make that Game of Thrones and do it better. And I don't see. There any- was one when the last one came out. Yeah, because you know people only make things. Creators, TV, movies, books—they only make things for uh, to please their audience. And if their audience is mad, they're going to redo things because that's the only reason you create, right? It's just to please a loud group of small people on the internet. Yeah, right? but. And I mean, that might be untrue for creators, but I could definitely see how studios and producers would feel the pressure. No, I know. But, but the, I, also, well, I hate it when fans go, oh, you guys owe us a better version. And it's like, <laughs> no, they don't fucking owe you anything. But yeah. it's hard when you're of that that notoriety. It can't be easy to separate that. No, yeah. Like, even if you don't want, even if you're George R. R. Martin and you want to write for yourself in this story that you believe in, Who's to say that, you know, hearing and seeing all those things written about you doesn't affect you? Yeah, and I get the impression from him, too, that he probably wants to do some other shit for a little bit, which is probably why. Which is fair. A thousand percent fair. Because he wasn't also only a sci-fi fantasy writer, too, right? Before this really popped, he did other stuff, kind of. He did TV. He wrote some, like, just regular short stories and stuff, I believe, too, sometimes. I don't really know much. I don't know, so... I know he's really big in the fantasy realm. Um, before Game of Thrones, even he was getting stuff published in like collections oh, yeah. and things. Um, so, do we feel like we have Game of Thrones down? Oh yeah, can we be done with it forever? Forever, yes. Jennifer, do you want to tell us very quickly, adjacent to the literary world, to the writing world? I know this is important to you. Uh, can you tell us about that Downton Abbey movie? Oh, absolutely. First and foremost, the most important thing going in for me, does Thomas the butler get a boyfriend? Spoilers, fucking yes. He gets a damn boyfriend. Interesting. So I was very happy about that. And I was very happy that Tom um, Branson, the chauffeur turned estate manager, which is absurd. 
anyway, he gets a girlfriend and she's like a rags to riches story. So that was very romantic. There's two Toms. They're both named Tom. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's not good. Wanswell has an H in it, right? The other one doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's Tom and Tom. Tom's the Irish one who's a rebel. Ooh. Anyway. Uh, Mary's still shitty and horrible. One of the worst characters ever written. Um, Isn't there a main character missing as well? Uh, not that I can recall. I mean, Mary's husband doesn't appear until the end. I thought there was one of the main like sisters that wasn't there. Oh, well, Sybil, yeah, but she'd passed away, so. Oh, they killed her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did the credits, were, were they like the trailer where it has the characters' names and not the actors? Uh, they they named the actress Jessie. Well, in the, in, the, in the trailer, it's like, Downton Abbey coming soon, and then where the title card would have the actors that were in it, it had like a big list of all the characters in it. That's so funny. Yeah, like, I think people Maggie are excited. Smith. It's I mean, a like, it was, lady, whoever. Lady Grantham. Yeah, it was really excited, exciting seeing them on the big screen like that. Like I, I, I mean, I gotta say though, there were four people in the theater opening night. Yeah. So... <laughs> It's going to have a long tail, though. It's going to be in theaters probably for four months, though, probably. But it's also going to be on television for the rest of our goddamn lives. It'll probably be on PBS, yeah, next week or something. Oh, it was good, though. I mean, it was just Downton Abbey fun, you know? And uh, some of it was really cheesy. Like, you know, Julian Fellows is just really obsessed with England. And you can feel that when you watch it. Like, dudes, stop. You gotta step away from the royal butthole a little bit. Like, stop, stop, get yourself all up in there. Can he oh do God. anything else? I don't know. Because uh, I, I really know him most from like Gosford Park, and that just essentially is just Downton Abbey, but funny. You know. <laughs> have you seen that movie? I have not. Well, it's about it's about a country estate, and it's about the people below, and then the the fancy people above. But there's like a little bit of a murder mystery to it. That's really the only big difference. Jesse, how old were you when you first wanted to see Gosford Park? I wanted to see it when it came out. I got confused. I rented Mansfield Park. I didn't like it as much. And I never saw it until recently, within the past couple of years. I like it a lot, though. But how old were you when it was coming out? Oh, 11, 12 or something. So tw- imagine a 12-year-old Jesse really excited to see Gosford Park. I really wanted to see Amelie, too, when I was that age, but I never did. Disappointing your younger self. Yeah. That's a good one. I would check that out because that's Julian, one of Julian Fellows' first things, and it's it's the same themes because he doesn't really write anything different. I don't think. Full disclosure: I've not watched any Downton Abbey, even though I know I'd like it. I've not seen Gosford Park, and for a long time, I thought Gosford Park had something to do with Ryan Gosling. Uh, I wish it did. Ryan Gosling Park. It's got Clive Owen in one of his first roles, which is kind of kind of like Ryan Gosling, right? Yeah, like a a grittier. If you can call Clive Owens gritty. He's pretty sweaty in that movie. Like, truly sweaty for some reason. He's sweaty in a lot of movies. I like him. He's going to be in Gemini Man. Um, I like Clive Owen. Do you remember that one summer where, like, Clive Owen was in fucking everything? Yeah. Closer, other movies. I feel like it was the same summer that Jude Law was in everything. Which Jude Law should be in everything. He's great. I like I like the way his career went now where he's just kind of a fucking weirdo. He like he doesn't have anything to prove anymore. Yeah. Oh, it's good. He's so good. It's kinda of like uh kinda of like the other other guy, um, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Where he kinda of is just able to be a good actor now and doesn't have to worry about pretty boy stuff. But you would give it two two gen thumbs up? 
Absolutely, I'd recommend it if you're a fan. Are of they the gloved movie, thumbs up or are they the commoners ungloved thumbs up? They are a downstairs kitchen made thumbs up, oh. which is wow. a good thing. How many bells? <laughs> no bells. I've seen I've seen a couple episodes. You've seen the introduction where they ring the bell to. <laughs> I've watched the first, I think I watched the first two episodes. I have this issue with shows where when I like, like I'm on board with it immediately. I'm in no rush to see it. So like I watched Downton Abbey and I like instantly was in the world. I didn't have any problems with it. And I, so I just didn't feel like watching it again. Cause I'm like, I'm just going to like it. So I don't have to rush to see it. Cause when I see it, I'm going to like it, you know? Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, it's a solid period drama, to be honest. That's- what started that whole, the whole thing, you know, we get now we get, you know, Downton Abbey, I found out, is significantly more popular in the United States than in England. Um, and I think that has to do with our, like, I guess, ignorance about England, maybe, and our romanticism of it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we love... There's just more of us. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, we love estates. We love this juxtaposition of the working class and the yeah. upper class. Well, yeah. I, I, the other, a couple months ago, I took this mindset all of a sudden where I'm like, what if I watch a British show and I don't inherently just think it's good because it's British? And I started noticing that when I did that, a lot of British shows weren't good. Like a lot of American <laughs> shows aren't good. And so then that one is still good even with that assigned to it. And so I think. What's not good? Oh, a lot of them. And a lot of them aren't funny. They're not funny. Most British people aren't funny. Ooh. I'm I, think, I think a lot are. That. I think Mighty Boosh, that whole crew, you know, um, Peep Show, Snuffbox, uh, what we do in the shadows by, you know, by by proximity. But a lot of it's dumb. But a lot of American stuff is dumb. I think they just ship over things that are popular and then we put it on PBS when it could just as well belong on a, a much dumber channel. But that's a show that does belong on PBS. It's good. It's as good as it says it is. It's as good as we think it is, you know. So I think that might also be the trick is I think there's some fatigue when we go, oh, it's good because it's British, but really it's not. So we get in what a season and we're like, oh, we're not going to watch it anymore. But we don't <laughs> know why we don't want to watch it anymore. That's my theory. That's a good theory. I'm going to try to approach more stuff with do I like it because it's blank or do I like it because I like it? I was noticing I was I do that with older like you know, all the French new wave stuff too. I'm like, Oh, it must be smart and good. Cause it's French new wave. And then once I stopped doing that, I'm like, yeah, a lot of it's pretty stupid. <laughs> you like kind of did, did the opposite with your, with your director movie challenge. We've been watching Miyazaki movies and we got to Porco Rosso, which I had never seen. It's one of my blind spots in Miyazaki. And we kind of both went into it going like, Oh, this is kind of the, the busted one. You don't hear anybody talking about it. Yeah. It clearly can't be as good as, Totoro or as good as you know Spirit Away and Mononoke it is so fucking fun it's really good like which, which one is this? Porco Rosso oh I need to watch it you definitely need to watch it it's a lot it's a lot more mature than the films that well, it, the protagonist is an adult male as opposed to a teenage girl Right, but even still, like, the way they handle love in the show is not just, you know, yeah. strictly boy-girl-fall-in-love-forever-against-the-world kind of thing. No no Porco Love Ham, though, luckily. Yeah, luckily no Porco Love Ham. Porco Love Ham. Porco Love... Porco... 
But when you kind of step away from what you think about it, which is that, oh, this is the busted one, then all of a sudden there was room for there to be this really good, delightful movie. Yeah. I will definitely watch this because the protagonist is a fucking pig. Yeah. And he flies planes. It's wild, really. And it never really slows down. Um, so do we want to shift then into what we want to we, what we're gonna do sort of vaguely for the next uh, couple months here for the little nano coming up? Well, were we planning ahead? Not a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> so Jen, when does nano start? That starts Halloween. November first. Scary day. <gasps> um, what typically happens before nano, and what are we going to be doing before nano to kind of uh, parallel that a little bit? Well, typically before NaNoWriMo, I mean, to be honest, you don't have to do anything. You can just show up day one, November 1st, to start your novel. But well, I did last year, only it was more like November 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> which is totally fine, to be honest. Um, but a lot of people take part in Preptober, which is the month of October, getting ready to write. And so you sit down and I guess you kind of outline what you might want to do. Or even if you don't have like a strict outline, you can just... I guess, brainstorm ideas. You can't write words toward the novel. Um, You can write, you can start your novel and then just only count words toward the 50,000 once you hit November 1st. Oh, so that is okay. So like if you wanted to write a 70,000 word novel and you wanted to get off on the right foot, you could write your first 20,000 words during October, but it doesn't count toward your word count. Right, you can totally do that. That's technically called being a nano rebel because the tradition is to start a new novel on November 1st, but there's just no obligation to actually follow that tradition if, if it's not how you want to do it. It seems that anything, it, there's so many more things that make you a rebel than otherwise, right? Yeah, basically because the tradition is a very like narrow, strict guideline, and that's why, um, that's why there are so many net rebels. Um, uh, so, so that means next month uh, we will be... Talking about preparation uh, up to Nano. Yeah, like getting ready to announce our novels, getting our ideas around the idea. Ideas around our, oh my God. Around our, our minds our around concepts, the ideas that we want to write. Our goals, our characters, our general plan, how we're going to go things, when we're going to write, how we're going to write, all that sort of bullshit they got to do. How are you going to carve out time? How are you yeah. going to tell people no? I'm not going to hang out with you because I'm writing. Because I'm writing. And they go, what do you mean? Is that for like work or something? You go, no, just for myself. And they go, so you don't really have to do it. And you go, no, well, not really. No. And then. And then <laughs> and you have like an awkward guilt thing. And then you say no. And you stand your ground and you write. <laughs> just remember, <laughs> listeners, Jen wants you to have no friends at the end of November. It's very important to absolutely abandon all of your family. That's the N-O in Nano, right? It's no friends. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's friend Ember because you have to go and apologize to everyone you ignored in November. <laughs> Correct. I like this idea. Yeah. And so that'll be pretty easy for us. Or not easy, but pretty fun for us. Um, and it will ultimately culminate in us announcing our novel. Uh, Jen and I announcing our novel. And then Leah, if she wants to. Um announcing her or whatever. I'm looking forward to it because I'm, you know, I like getting ready for it because Have you so already plugged me into the rebel camp? Yeah. I know whatever you're going to be doing is going to be a little different just because of scheduling issues, which is normal, you know? I mean, that's... So, I'm probably going to be a rebel just because I always think, end up being one, yeah. even if I don't want to be. 
I have a theory I'm going to be setting my own goals that are different from the the main nano goals, but I don't know what those are yet. So I might be a little bit like that too. Because I need to achieve something. I've done nano a lot and I've never achieved anything. So maybe I need to curb things a little bit and just do things how I need to do them to, to get it done. So uh, but there's we'll that. Hey, we'll you did achieve something, Jesse. You wrote. Yeah. You like that? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I logged in. Um, <laughs> we're going to go over some other stuff. Jen's going to talk to us about her nano leadership bullshit because she is, again, an ML. <laughs> That's right. I'm a community manager for the Seattle area. Spill the tea. Spill the tea. Um, Spill the so, tea about my like community. <laughs> and so we've got a new website to talk about. We've got um, uh, you did a, a seminar today about how to get ready. So we'll go over about that a little bit, just generally see what what that's mm-hmm. about. I know that community is really important to you. It's less important to me. So we'll sort of talk about the various pros and cons of being a hermit or of being social and what that what that does for us and then you know, maybe we'll have some guests maybe we'll read some stuff maybe not you know who knows i think kind of like last year our big priority with this is to carve out some time for each other and so if that means that we have to do a writing project in between to to come together i think that's that's going to be what we all get the most out of mm-hmm. yeah and we learned certainly last year when a uh, collaborative project is too big. Yeah. Did we learn like that it's writing. too big, or did we just are we slowly whittling back until something manageable? I don't think we figured out what is just right yet, but we really found out what's too big. Yeah, so yeah, writing so an entire be, movie might be a bit much. Yeah, that was a fun idea. We do. We are going to have to come back on in December and talk about the Princess Switch two and the Christmas Prince three. Yeah. Which will be happening this year. All right. That's going to be good. And then there's all the new ones. There's Last Christmas, which I'm excited about. Speaking of Game of Thrones. Falling in love. That one's already out, right? Yeah, that one's out. And that one's cheesy as hell. So we're going to approach it. it. Oh, no, not yet. Okay. Yeah, save it for the holiday season. Reason for the season. (laughs) Um, All right, then. So I think after all that, I guess we should just go back to an old, a golden oldie. And talk generally about what has been making us sweat for the last few months. We've kind of yeah. dropped off on that. What we have taken in and been into through that end in the past few months. I am um, really excited to share mine. Why don't you go first then, Jen? So, for my birthday, I bought myself a Kotatsu. Have either of you ever heard of a Kotatsu? <gasps> I've always wanted to! Is it like a furry suit? No, it's like a table with a heater under it, and you put your legs under it, and it's a yes. Japanese tradition for when it's cold. Oh yep. my god, I've always wanted to eat at a kotatsu. Yep, I bought myself a kotatsu, which is, like she said, yeah, it's a, a heated table, and you sit on the ground with like a blanket over your legs, and your feet are underneath the heater, so it's really warm and awesome. When I lived in Japan, my host family had one. And I fell in love with it and I've wanted one ever since. So I finally just broke down and like bought one, you know, so I can't even read the instructions on how to set it up. It's all in Japanese. Like I can't, and I I can understand Japanese, but not kanji because that's Chinese characters. So I'm trying to read it like, oh, I have no idea what's happening. Just hope I don't burn myself to death. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited. We have one of those for the cat, don't we? 
the bed. It's a heated bed, yeah. It's basically, it's basically like a, yeah. I mean, I have. It's like a cat bed for a human. It's so perfect and cozy. I can't wait to like write in my novel. (gasps) Oh my gosh! Do you have short tables, or are you gonna just have to be uh, putting your hands up above your head? (laughs) It's a short table. Oh, it's a table. Yeah, yeah. And a seat. No, no. It's a the table, and like under the table is heated, and then you have a blanket that goes like. Over your legs, oh, and you're sitting on the ground when I you're at the now. table. I thought it, the heat was coming up. Yeah the the blanket is like over the table, and then there's a second oh. layer of the table that's like actually hard for writing. That and on. like an incubator or something. <laughs> it incubates your good ideas. Cats probably like that, right? Yeah, although it can be apparently, according to the Japanese stuff that I could barely read, your cats are not supposed to go underneath it. So. Yeah, because cats are naturally very, very warm creatures, and it can help. It can make them overheat too easily. Oh, oh! <laughs> so Jesse, what's making you sweat? Me? Well, I was sort of thinking about the last few months since we last came together, and not so much specifically what has made me sweat, but more uh, uh, theoretically has made me sweat. That's a stupid way to say it. But you mentioned we were watching Miyazaki films. I've been doing a little bit more reading, and I've I've really, and I'm talking things that have influenced what I think we'll be doing in Nano, and that is stories that are very simple. I think a lot of times I have in the past gotten really high concept and been like, the only way I can express my interestingness is through an idea that is interesting, and and you know watching things like. My Neighbor Totoro, uh, I read The Bell Jar, which is a little bit different, but sort of in the same vein. Um, And there's just these stories that are on the face, kind of plotless. You know, My Neighbor Totoro is kids move to a new town, their mom is sick, the end. You know, um, uh, the bell jar is girl goes to city, gets sad, comes home, the end, you know. But these authors are so talented and know what they're doing that you don't have to sort of hide that in a a high concept. So I, I, I like, I've been really sort of sweating these sort of more simple stories that still have, are imbued with all of these ideas and all of this really nice imagery, all these really nice passages, all this nice stuff, but they're not that's not the point, you know, and it kind of comes along inherently with it. So just, that's what I've been really into lately. It's just those sort of simple sort of stories. You've been like really that. trying to get away from over-explaining yeah. things, things that over-explain to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't mind that, you know, I like an info dump as well as anybody else, but what about you, Leah? So my sweating is more of an announcement than anything else. Um, it's, We've talked about it in the past that, you know, obviously Jen and Jesse went to college together. And I sometimes have brought up that that's a thing that makes me really insecure, that I am insecure at the level of education I achieved. But at the same time, when I tried to go to college, I wasn't ready for it. And so what's been making me sweat is this semester, I started going back to school online. So right now I'm kind of majoring in retail management and sort of like a business and a little bit more digital focus, but I'm not committed to anything yet. So when Jesse talks about me having time constraints, 
Um, I'm working full time and taking a full load of, load of courses this semester, which is overwhelming and stressful. And it's been absolutely wonderful, truly, to kind of push myself in that direction. It's been something I've been so afraid of and something that I feel that not attempting it has held me back. Mm -hmm. And so whether I go all the way, whether I do a couple semesters and I call it good, wherever I end up, I've been enjoying proving to myself that it's not because I can't do it. Mm -hmm. If it's not the right fit, it's not the right fit, but it's not because it's something I'm incapable of. Yeah. That is so exciting, Leah. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, you might be going to school, but did you hear that Jen's titsies are warm? Yeah, and I'm that jealous of those tootsies. Yeah, I think that'll be really exciting because then, too, if we want to just make it selfishly about what we're doing here, you finally have, and it's the thing that I am so jealous of because I lost it once I stopped going to school, uh, a reason to write that is so fed to you where a teacher goes, I need you to write about this and only this and here are the constraints and just do that. Because uh, things are a lot easier when you have only constraints, you know, because you you get too many ideas and you get kind of paralyzed by that. So, you know, it's it's exciting that you get to be in that position again. Well, yeah. and it's so. opened up a lot of time for you because where before we would have been watching a lot more TV together, or a lot more movies together, going out to eat together. You know, I have a pretty solid chunk of time where I have to come home and just work on schoolwork. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I've seen you reading more since I started school than you had before. Well, I think it'll be helpful for Nano with that too. But So I'm not sure how much I can commit to Nano or sadly the podcast, but as much as I can, as much as my homework will let me and my work will let me, my plan is to be here whenever I can. Well, that's the beauty of three hosts is, you know. You can lose one. and Yeah. So as long as both of us aren't at a commission, then we're fine. But And truly, selfishly, I loved Colette casting. I thought that was a great app. That was a fun one. I forgot about that. We were going to do a Downton Abbey one too, but I didn't want to see it. So. <laughs> no, instead he took me to see It Chapter 2, which he did not really want to see. Speaking but... of movies based on books, that was a bad movie. Was it? I, I like thought it. it was a truly offensive, dumb fucking movie that I have not seen in a long time. It did yeah. not do justice to Chapter 1. I think chapter one was really well done. Jesse's shrugging at me. It was okay. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed chapter one, and I think a lot of the heart that was in chapter one wasn't in chapter two. Um, I don't know if you know this, but they de-aged the kids. And it looks weird. They look like the cats. They look like Taylor Swift in the cast trailer. Oh, shit. I was about to say, so what's making a sweat really? Digital for technology. The cast trailer, yeah. <laughs> We'll have to do a whole cats thing when that comes up too. I would be so down for that because I also love the T.S. Eliot book oh, of the possums for practical cats. Yeah, Mr. Fancy's book of fancy pussies or whatever he calls it. Do you ever hear the story about that book? Which I guess we can get into if we have a cats. Yeah, save it for the cats. Okay, okay, save it for the cats. We'll get CJ and Kaiju and Draper all in the room together. Oh, that'd be so Mike with <laughs> Mike with the three of them and listen to them all sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, if we don't have anything else, I think that's enough wrapping up of the right sweats. Uh, so tune in next week when we start our nano plano ramo whammo whatever you know preptober. <laughs> preptober. Um, until that, until next time. 
Make sure you subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. That's true. Uh, you can also find us online at rightsweats.com. And if you have any ideas for Preptober, NaNoWriMo, or what we should do in this show, you can email us, us, email us at rightsweatspod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening and have fun writing. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.